Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Hey everybody, this is Pete from the Riot Podcast. Today we have an echo for about two minutes, but the show is amazing. It gets better, I promise. Stay with us. Have a blessed day. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside my good friend and co-host, Pete Robertson. Yes, I'm here. And we should have like, yay! You know, all kinds of like cheering. Put that in the background. Yeah, put it in We all start Know, well, if we, we record it in front of a live studio audience, you would, could, you would, ooh, we gotta do that sometime. Cool, we should do that. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, at least like, like at the men, like we'll do one of the men's fellowships or something. We could get together. We really, I know we've been talking. We've done about it though that. in front of the yeah. church before, but yep. yeah, it's but they're nice. like sitting on their hands. Yeah, like we want it to be like a football, like the Super Bowl. Yeah. Can you say Super Bowl? Yeah. No, I'm sorry, the big game. The big game. It's, you can't say Super Bowl. No. But I just did twice. Yeah, you did. Super We're good. So we know who's playing speaking in the, the big Super game now. Speaking, of the, speaking of the Super Bowl, <laughs> who do you got? We got Philadelphia, Cincinnati. No, no Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati got beat by Kansas City. I don't even know who's playing. And that was the only game I watched a part of. Oh, our audience in Europe are like, what? What, what are you wait, talking wait, about? Wait, wait. Uh, soccer, you know, that's so soccer. Anybody, football. anybody that's come on to the show for the first time, we talk about sports a lot. And so it's, it's so we got like two more weeks of football yeah. and then we get to talk about basketball, no baseball, baseball, yeah, spring training, pitchers and catchers report this week, I think. Yeah. And uh, man, baseball is the best sport. Yeah. I love baseball. Barry would disagree with us, but no, uh, Base- right. baseball is the sport. It's, it could be very boring, but it could be also a lot of fun inside, but it's the sport that the guys don't get as hurt as much. <laughs> I love baseball. The golf. I've always loved baseball. I guess golf, they get hurt too, though. But anyway, Super Bowl. you get hurt doing anything. I mean, even bowling, which you, you consider a game, not a sport. But uh-uh. until you go no. bowl and then you can't move for three days. No, no, no. I changed my <laughs> – I told you this. I told this on the air. I believe that bowling is a sport. That is hard. It's not – It is. Anybody that you know thinks the they is, can go and bowl, it's, it's not easy. It's both. For a lot of people, it's just a game. Well, that would be golf, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. But for baseball, it's not just a game. You have to play it – Well, I mean – It's a sport. It's a skill, though. It's Yeah. yeah Got to have a high skill. I don't, there is nothing harder in, in the sports world than hitting a fastball. That's moving that's, at 95 that, that's, miles that's per that's hour. moving. That's right. I mean, literally, it's not going straight. It's actually it's, moving. It is the hardest thing to do in sports. Yeah. And you can make all the half-court shots you want, three-pointers you want, yeah. you know, run, score a touchdown. But yeah. hitting a fastball is just – it takes – Right. And they pay that's, people millions of dollars to fail seven out of ten times. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If Tom Brady was, you know, threw, threw for 30% of his passes – he, he would not be the goat. No. But yeah, if you hit 30% of your baseball, yeah. you know, at bats. It shows you how yeah, hard it is. You're a Hall of Famer. Yep. <laughs> it's just a different story. That's so But the good. Super Bowl is going to be, so it's going to be the Chiefs against the Eagles. The I'm not Eagles. sure. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm leaning towards the Eagles. Maybe I don't. Okay, know. then I'll root for the Chiefs because, yeah, you know, we'll have to have Well, it. because I love the, you know, the stadium that you hear that they had the chop and the, yeah, 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 yeah that, that it's like being a Florida State. Yeah. yeah it's like, you know. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. Know I don't either. have a. Uh, I don't have a favorite. Maybe I like the Eagles. I just thought of it because Mike Trout is a huge Eagle fan, and I'm a big uh, Mike Trout fan, and he's on the Angels. So that's so. what you got. And you got you got brothers playing each other. I understand Ooh. that. Kelsey, uh, Kelsey, Kelsey, yeah, yeah. 
So you got two yeah. brothers on each yeah. team, uh, a brother on each no, team. No, I like that. How's that for mom? I know you just wear. What, the, what, do you, what does I've mom seen do it. There? You just wear the shirt that has half. It's half, half and half. And half House half. divided. Yeah. <laughs> or the same, but yeah. That's awesome. Or a hat. No, you can't wear a hat for one, and no. that won't work. You need a jersey that's like half and half. Two. Yeah. I've yeah. seen those before. Moms that's have funny. done that. But it's going to be in Arizona, and they're going to travel there. So mom Neutral. will get to celebrate a Super Bowl win. Yep. That's good for her. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what. So yeah, they're traveling to Arizona. Yep. Where is it? At Tempe? I don't even know where it is. It's outside of Phoenix, but yeah. So it's not too far. I've been to that stadium. Really nice. It's really. Are you going to the game? More. Uh, I don't know. Last I checked, it was what? 10, 15,000 a ticket. Somebody asked you, are it, you going to the game? Yeah. Well, I'm just answered it. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just put it in context. Have you ever been to a Super Bowl? No, but I've been to the World Series and I've been to an NBA championship, but I have not oh. been. I have not been to a Super Bowl. I haven't either. Yeah. I haven't been to any of those things. Uh-huh. I've been to a national championship game in football. Yeah. In college football. Oh, yeah. That was good. The biggest football game I ever been to was in Texas. It was Texas versus University of Texas versus Texas A&M. And it was during Ricky Williams. So you remember Ricky yeah. Williams? And he broke the record for rushing yards that day, but they were apparently both highly ranked, I guess. And it was a huge game. It was the day after Thanksgiving. It was phenomenal. That was probably the biggest game besides, you know, anything else I've been to, but that was the biggest game. Football in Texas. You get much bigger than that. Yeah. And it was just so crazy. So speaking of travel. Yeah. You want to travel soon? Yeah. Well. Next year? I want to start talking about it anyway. Yeah. I mean, we're. Moses, the footsteps of Moses. Yeah. We want to go. We should start hashtagging everything like that. Let's do it. Hashtag footsteps of Moses. And when we have plenty of time, right, to start doing that and getting some momentum on it. Um, anybody that's listening, if you know somebody that would like to go on a 13 day footsteps of Moses tour to Israel next June, 2024, we're going to be having an introduction meeting on, or just information meeting, I should say in March, March March 19th, March 19th at seven o'clock. You can go on to the riotpodcast.com and there's a link there that you can sign up and we'll send you a link. Uh, a Zoom link to be a part of that meeting and to get more information. Um, if anybody you know that wants to go besides yourself, get, at least sign up, get the information. Yep. Um, we're no, making the no pro- cost to sign up for the meeting, and we're making the cost of it at cost. So whatever it is, and we're keeping it as low as possible, so that as many people can possibly go. So it's this trip alone. I'm telling you, if typically would be a lot more expensive than it is, and so it's definitely within people's budgets. And it's one of those trips that. There's no doubt. I mean, we're, we're going, we're starting in Egypt, right? Cairo. And then we're going to travel Moses's Exodus route. We're going to go by the Red Sea. We're going to the Mount Sinai. We're going to climb the hill there where he got the Ten Commandments. We're going to pull on worship time. We're going to have some really good teaching time. We're going to laugh like crazy. And then from there, we're going to go into Jordan as they were circling back around into the promised land and then finish up in Israel. So, I mean, this is going to be like, unlike any other trip, you know, anybody's ever done before. I am so, so excited. This yeah. is going to be one of those, one of those things you, one of those trips you talk about for the rest of your life. So sign up, get going, let us know that you're interested and you're going to, you want to, you know, get the information um, on our website though. Like I said, the right you can pretty much get anything you need, all the information, just follow the links um, and read exactly what it said. So should be fun. Yep. 
Start thinking of your questions for that meeting too. Yeah, yeah that's gonna true. Be, that's going to be awesome. Start jotting those down so you don't forget about them on the Zoom call, and then yep. we'll answer all of those questions for you. It's going to be it's going to be epic. I am taking my girls, taking Crystal and Samantha. We're it's just it's a trip of a lifetime. Would not miss it. Yeah, my wife and I are going, and and Lord willing, well, I, hopefully one of my kids or a couple of them would be able to go. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. So we would love to, you know, we have we have listeners all over the world. So there's people, and you're welcome anywhere in the world. So it doesn't matter if you can get to Cairo. Yeah, you can go yeah, on yeah. The trip, we'll right? we will set up everything. We can even help you with the airfare. We have uh, my wife owns Mission Travel Faith Tours. And um, we have all of that connection to help you out. So you don't have to worry about anything. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. right. Well, let's get on with the show. Um, But before we do that, let's pray. Yep. So let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that we have to to talk about you. We ask that you would bless this trip. And if there's people out there like, man, that would, that just sounds awesome. But, you know, let's remove all the butts and uh, Lord, just help us come up with a way if it's your will for us to go on this trip, that uh, you would open the doors and and the opportunity to do that. Lord, we just ask that you would bless it in uh, just a mighty, mighty way. Father, be with the show today. As we uh, continue in the book of John, finishing up chapter 14, Lord, man, all the blessings that we that we get from this, that Jesus is just comforting us, uh, comforting his disciples back 2,000 years ago and us today, Lord, and just uh, what a just an amazing text that we're going to just cover. And so I ask that uh, it would be all about you, that uh, you would be in this, and that we would draw closer to you because of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's... um. I forgot what I was going to say. I had something interesting to say. It was based off something you said in the prayer. Oh, but it was well, really good. I just forgot. It'll come back to you. Yeah. Do, At the do, end. Do, 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 it's okay. Let's nope, go. We don't have time. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're going to title this peace. I leave with you peace. I give you. So the last three shows, there's been a theme. Don't fear. Don't worry. No anxiety. And this one, he's dropping the peace language, you know, Shalom. Shalom. So um, we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit, but again, this chapter 14, we've said this in the past show. If there's one chapter in the Bible you want to memorize, it's John chapter 14. I mean, it just has every nugget you need hmm. to get you through anything that you're going in your life. It just brings assurance. It brings you peace. It brings you understanding, brings you comfort. And more importantly, it points you to the way. And that way is Jesus in John 14, 6. And so, yeah, it's just such a powerful, powerful book and something that we can share with so many people. I mean, chapter now. Well, awesome. The book too. Awesome. All right, man. Last week was so much fun. Wasn't yeah. it cool having my little brother on the Loved show? Loved it. We got to do it more. Very, very cool. All yeah. right. Episode 116, that show from last week was titled Fear Not, Help is Here. And as we talked about, it was so cool having my brother on the show. Uh, we covered John 14. So we only did three verses yep. last week. So my brother kind of slowed us down a little bit. No, I just, I mean, the topic we no, needed to No, we were just down. focusing yeah. on that. Yeah. It's it such a powerful awesome. topic. So we, we covered 14 verses 16 through 18, which is when Jesus taught his followers about the Holy Spirit. It was a great show. If you didn't have a chance to listen to it yet, go back and listen to it again. You can just search it wherever you listen to podcasts and look for episode 116. Yeah. And then um, also share it because there's a lot of people that want to know the Holy yeah. Spirit a little bit more. And we kind of broke that down and gave it really good context. So it's yeah. one of those for that. Purpose. So good. So yeah, if you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit, that's the show. Go yeah. back and listen to 116. Yeah. All right. This week, 
uh, it's kind of a continuation, Pete, of it last is. week's show. Yep. So today we're going to learn. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit again. The Holy Spirit again. <laughs> right. So today we will learn and we can enjoy the Father's love. In Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. You know, orphans feel unwanted and unloved, but our Father shares his love with us today. Today we will see how Jesus shared three manifestations of God's love with his disciples. Yeah, we use that word orphans there because in verse 18, um, Jesus is telling them, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. Don't, I mean, the disciples, the context here is again, upper room. Um, the disciples are, you know, he's now telling them, hey, my, I'm going to be dying tomorrow. It's the very end. And I'm going to be leaving you and I'm going to share with you the next steps. I want to remind you of everything that I've already shared with you, but I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you help. I'm going to, you know, send the Holy Spirit and all of this stuff. And I understand that you're a little scared. And I understand that there's a lot of questions in your mind. So I'm not leaving you as an orphan. Understand as with the Holy Spirit, what we talked about last week was with the Holy Spirit, it's as if I'm right there, but the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. So every single one of you has me right there at any moment. So anything that you need recollection or come to mind or anything I am right there. And so I'm not leaving you as orphans. Take heart. So that's, he kind of, he uses that word in 18 and we'll talk about the orphan a little bit as we go through it, but that's kind of what happened. So, all right. So let's get into 14, 19 through 24 and let's just unpack it. All right. Verse 19. We're going to be in the ESV. So John 14, verse 19, the ESV. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Oh, what a picture that is. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Yeah, so basically the world, he's, he's basically saying, listen, the only people that can love me are the ones that are obeying my command or in my word. If you can't, the world is not going to understand that. So yes, that's, yeah, we'll explain it more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then fi finally, verse 24, whoever does not love me, does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Yep. So, you know, in verses 19 and 20, we see Jesus sharing a past manifest manifestation of his love. In verse 19, focuses on the resurrection and post-resurrection appearances. He is saying, I have been with you in power for some time, and you will no longer see me physically, but there will be a time when you will see me again, when I come back in power. What great glory to judge lost with great glory to judge lost sinners. Yeah. That first focus on the past manifestation, and then later we will focus on the future manifestation. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's, you know, we're dissecting this and we're like, you know, slowing it way down. And we're like, okay, let us, let's meditate on what Jesus is actually saying to his disciples. So, as he's sitting there and explain it to them, Jesus in his mind is understanding, okay. I'm going to talk about my love that I've given you. So I've already shown you this love. I've already set it up. And then also there's going to be a love in the future. 
um, that I'm going to talk about. And that's when I come back again for my, 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 my children, my church, so on and so on. But in John 14, 20, he centers especially on the coming of the spirit at Pentecost. Okay. So this is talking about, um, this help that he was talking about. This is talking about, you know, this is the, this is Jesus being manifested by the spirit inside of them as if Jesus was there. So as they speak, they speak. Remember what uh, Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. That's, that's kind of what he's saying. And the oneness of the believers with Jesus, Jesus returned in heaven as the exalted head of the church. So, you know, uh, Jesus just recently just started talking about the church. You're, you're going to remember that this, he brought it in. It, it was never used before. So, and it was temple and, and other things. Church was never used. Jesus is the one that brought church in. He first said it to Peter. Remember, he said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. So, you know, Jesus is basically telling his disciples, and we're going to try to do, give context to this, is, um, no, it's not for the world. We're going to talk about that. No, it's not for the Jewish people. I'm starting something new. I'm, this is for the church. I, John 17, we're going to get to that. He's, he's talking about that. You know, I know who are mine. You know, God, whoever God has given me, I have not lost. I've, I know the ones that I have chosen. I know her a part of the church. And so this is, I have to go to the father though, to give you the Holy spirit so that it allows the, the church to spread. It allows the, you guys to be witnesses for me. It allows the, um, you know, all of this to take place, but you cannot do this on your own. You cannot do this in your flesh. You have to have the Holy spirit. And so I've already shared with you all of the love. I've already shared with you all of these truths. And now I'm going to go ahead of you. I'm going to go prepare a place. We learned that two weeks ago. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I'm going to go to the Father. But one day I will then come back again. I'm going to take my church. I'm going to remove it from this world. And, and then there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth in the end. So that kind of is given context of what he's trying to explain here. Um, so Jesus tells them that he sent the spirit so that the members of the body would be joined to their head, you know, basically sitting right there in living union. So he's telling him, my, me and my father are one. But guess what? Because we are one, I am one with you because the Holy Spirit lives within you. So as you are, I am. And as I am, you are. So you work and operate based off of the oneness, the unity that I have with my father, we now also have. But that only happens because of the Holy Spirit. So believers today, of course, do not see Jesus after his resurrection or in his ascensions, but we are united by him, by the Holy Spirit. So it's powerful that what he said there is so powerful that I think a lot of us just read over it and don't fully comprehend what just happened, right? He, he basically mic dropped him, right? He basically just said, hey, dude, this is what's happening. You know how I've shared with you, my I and the Father are one, but you know what? We're one now too. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I'm breathing on you. The Holy Spirit is now coming into you. And as I am, you are, and you are what I am. And so we are one together. What you think, I think. If you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and obey my word, that's the key word that he used in this. Obey what I said and understand that I am the head. I am the author and finisher. I am the beginning of the end. Get that in your head. Be content with that. We're going to talk about that a little bit more too. And then, and then the rest is history. All right. I, I know I gave a big opening, but no, that was I, I really think we needed to give some context. I don't think most believers come close to comprehending this. Yeah. 
and how powerful this is. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And then I think everything we're going to share now is this is all going to make sense now. So what I just talked about now, we're going to dissect that and it's going to bring it to life. All right. So let's start Uh, in verse 21, 23 and 24. Jesus is showing a present manifestation of himself to the believers. Note the repetition of the word love. If we treasure his word and obey it, then the father and the son will share their love with us and make their home in us. Jesus is saying that we have heaven in us now as we are on mission with Christ and one day when we die. When, whenever, whenever we, through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit inside of us, whenever we decrease and allow the word of God to increase, allow the word of God to manifest itself in our lips, okay, to come out of our mouth um, or through our actions, and that it brings the goodness of God to wherever we're at, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now. Right now. Yep. That's what he's saying. It's, it's every time that we remove our flesh, remove ourself, and allow the spirit of God to take precedence, have ownership, the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's huge. It's huge. <laughs> And, 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 I, and, I, and then people are like, well, I can't wait to get to heaven. Well, yeah, the heaven is now. Yeah. It's like every time that you bless somebody, every time that you elevate others above yourself, every time that you speak life into them, every time that you sacrifice your own wants and your own needs for the greater good of other people, you are manif- being manifested by the Holy Spirit and Jesus to bring the kingdom of heaven here. That's what Jesus was teaching them. That's what he was trying to share with them. Mm-hmm. He wants them to have that big picture. Listen, it's here. Yes, one day you're going to go with me in, in heaven for with my father. Yes, we're going to do that. Yes, I'm giving you that hope. I already gave you that. Don't worry about that. That is going to happen. But what I'm telling you now is that you're able to bring, you're going to be my witnesses, and you're going to be able to bring the heaven, kingdom of heaven now upon the earth. Kingdom come, on earth be done. Yeah, but that word translated home there was the same word as as mansions that we studied in John 14 too. So it's he's you know your home now it's 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 a dwelling place but but because the spirit of God is living in you it's the same difference. You are home, you have peace, mm-hmm. you have joy, you are you are content in what I am doing in and through your life. Yes, your body, your tent is decaying. Yes, you're getting older. Yes, there's issues in the world. Yes, we're fighting it, but you're still at peace. You're still home with me. You're still there. And that's kind of what he's telling them. When, when the sinner trusts Christ, he is born again, and the spirit immediately enters his body and bears witness that he is a child of God. The spirit is resident and will not depart. But as the believer yields to the father and he begins to love the word, he begins to pray and he begins to be obedient. Then there's a deeper relationship with the father, with the son, and then with the Holy Spirit. So salvation means we are going to heaven. We're going home. We get that. We got one day, the, Paul said it best, when we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. Paul said that we, we no longer fear the sting of death, right? We know that if I'm going to live, I'm going to live for Christ, as Paul said. But if I'm going to die, it's better. And I'd rather die, but I know that today I need to live. I need to live to bring him glory. So we get that. But submission here means that heaven comes to us now. Home is now. And we have to get that in our head. It's a big deal what he's saying. So the bottom line is that we must... 
that with the Holy Spirit and our obedience, key word, Jesus will manifest his love to us in a deeper way each day, and that we can feel home with him today. Bottom line. All right, now let's look back at verse 19. Here, Jesus is saying that there will be a future manifestation when he returns. Uh, Judas, again, not Iscariot, because he's, he's already out of the picture. Yeah, we have to say that. Yeah. You got to give context. <laughs> Make sure it's clear, right? Jesus Re- did. I mean, John did. He recalled that Jesus had said he would not manifest to the world. It seemed to contradict the other statement that he had made, such as, re- such as what was recorded in Matthew 24, verse 30. His question, Judas, not Iscariot, was, what has come to pass that, are, that you are no longer going to reveal yourself to the world? He's questioning him as if saying, has there been a change in the divine plan, Jesus? Yeah, I mean, again, it's Jesus had been rejected by his own people. So, you know, Jesus is basically telling Judas Iscariot, hey, listen, I'm not coming for the Jews right now, right? And and necessarily I am coming from the world, but not the way that you're you're seeing it. It's I'm coming from my church. I've God has given me the, you know, children. He's there's gonna be people that are gonna be my witnesses, you know, to the world. So that's kind of what he's saying. So in fact, it it was an act of mercy that he did not manifest himself to the world as a whole. I mean, if if Jesus were to, you know, we know in Revelations or when he reveals himself, you know, just I try to think of the power of God. So, and I just use an angel. Remember in David, you know, one angel wiped out 200 and something thousand people, right? Just in a moment's time, boom. It's the power of God. If the holiness of God was revealed to us, we would disintegrate. We, you know, it's, it's, if God were to manifest himself to everybody, that's not his, hmm. you know, he, it, he has, Game over. It's, it, it doesn't happen. So it, he was showing mercy you know, to the world here, because that would have been judgment. And so he's trying to help Judas Iscariot understand, listen, I get what you're saying. It's still there. Every knee will bow. And we go in the context that every tongue will confess one day before me. And, and I am still the author and finisher of everybody's life. They're, they will give an account to me, but it's in time. I'm coming back again. It's not today. It's not right now. And so that's what he's trying to share in a loving way to Judas Iscariot. He says, listen, I've been telling you this probably forever, and I've been trying to share this with you, but you're just not seeing it. So. Not Judas Iscariot. The no, other Judas. The other Judas, yeah. yeah. So he, Jesus is basically patiently waiting. He's still giving lost sinners opportunity to repent and to be saved. He is saying, yes, Judas, one day he will return again, but as of right now, this is what I have planned. This is, you know, this is fulfilling biblical prophecy. You're saying it's not a contradiction. You've got the timing wrong. Yep. That's it. Okay. All right. All right. One of the best ways to ease a troubled heart is to bathe, bathe it, bathe that heart in the love of God. When you feel like an orphan, um, let the spirit of God reveal God's love to you in a deeper way. Kind of that's going back to verse 18 again about, I will not leave you as orphans. Yeah. And I mean, many of us, we feel like, you know, God has left us. I mean, there's, there's many of us that are listening today that probably said, I don't hear God. Um, God is so far away. I haven't heard him in a long time. Um, or they're just, they're lonely, right? Um, you know, what is my purpose in life? What, what is my next steps? I don't, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I'm listening to this podcast because I'm trying to figure out my next steps. I'm lost. I'm confused. Um, in a way I, I feel orphaned or they are orphaned. Maybe 
maybe their wife or husband's left them. Maybe the kids have rejected them because of some of the stupidity they've done in the past, or maybe their friends are mad at them. Maybe they got fired from their job. Um, maybe they've made some life decisions that are not very best or, or maybe the opposite. Maybe they've done really good, but they don't see the fruit that they thought they would see. Or maybe they're, they're in ministry, but they're just, the ministry is not growing and they just don't understand. They just feel orphaned. They just feel like they're all alone. Nobody gets it. Right. So Jesus is talking to, to these people and he's basically saying, listen, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you because of the Holy spirit. And because of what he's going to do, you can now know me in a deeper way than you've ever done. And so Jesus is, is sharing with those people is, listen, don't ever feel that way. Don't ever allow Satan to lie to you there. I am always here. I am always in love with you. And I'm always pursuing you. All you need to do is pursue me back. It's a relationship. You just need to sit at his feet. You just got to get to know him. You just got to dive in and continue to talk to him and share with him your heart. And don't stop. Don't believe lies. Continue to pursue Jesus with a reckless abandonment. You know, Charles Spurgeon said that little faith will take your soul to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to your soul. Your heart can become a heaven on earth and you can consume, commune with Jesus and worship him in this very moment. And the only reason why you could do that is because of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so don't, picture. don't let Satan lie to you there. All right, let's continue on with John, um, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. This is still Jesus speaking. Yep. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let's go from here. Yeah, that last part is, I believe that he's probably already standing with them and he's probably already moving and they're going to be going into a vineyard. And we know that because John 15, but um, that's like, kind of the context. So good. Let's go for a walk. All right. All right. Verse 27, the word peace there is shalom. Is that a word we should probably practice for our trip? Yeah, sure. be ready Everybody says it. All right. I deal with people there all the time and there's always shalom. Shalom. Yeah. It is a precious word to the Jewish people. It means much more than just the absence of war or distress. Shalom means wholeness, completeness, health, security, even prosperity in the best sense. Yeah, it's like you could put weight to a to a word. That's a very weighty word. Hmm. I mean, the, the, the depth of it is pretty incredible. Um, when you are enjoying God's peace, there is joy and contentment. God's peace is not like the peace of the world offers. It's a perfect and it's everlasting. You know, talking about, um, you know, the contentment or the peace of God. This is John Owen said, we cannot enjoy peace in the world unless we are ready to yield to the will of God in respect of death. Our times are in the are in his hand, in his sovereign disposal. We must accept that as best. And what John Owens is saying is that if we're not content, 
and we're not resting in what God says that he's in charge of our life. He's the author and finisher. He's, he knows when we're going to die. He knows we're going to live. We know that we live today to bring the kingdom of God to heaven or from heaven to earth. Um, we understand our role, but we have peace. We have contentment. And what he's saying there is if we don't have that contentment, then we don't have shalom. Mm. We don't have the wholeness. We don't have the depth. We don't have that. If our, if our life is about going after things, going after material goods, going after substances, um, whatever we can go after to help numb the torment, the pain, whatever it is, food, you know, hangups, whatever that is, habits, entertainment, um, we're not going to find peace. Right. We're not content in, in trusting his word. We're, we're, we're going to wrestle constantly. And so Jesus is telling his, you know, his disciples here, hey, there's, you're gonna, I want you to find peace in me. I want you to rest here. I want you to just let your life just rest here. Don't, you don't have to try to figure out your next steps. I'm, I've made you fishers of men. You don't have to be a fisherman any longer. Sure, they might be a fisherman as an occupation, but their role in their life isn't to make money and to feed themselves. Their role in their life is to be a blessing, to be a light as a fisherman. It's to spread God's word. It's to bring the kingdom of God to man. And they're now a fisher's men. They're fishing men. They're looking for opportunities to be a witness, to be a light to the dark world. That's what Jesus is telling us right now. That's what he's telling you, Christian, that's, that's left up in your room and you're not going outside because you feel like an orphan or you're, you're, you know, you're hurt or you're just afraid or you just have no friends or whatever it is. He said, nah, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I want you to be content and rest with me, but I also want you to be my witness. You need to get out of your house. You need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to go out and do the things that I ask you to do, but do it in such a way with peace. Do it in such a way that you have that inside of you, because that is what's going to change people's minds about you. That's what people are going to see in you. They're going to say, well, where do you get the shalom? How did you find shalom? How did you find that? And, and more importantly, where is this love coming from? Because I know you, man, from the past or whatever right. that is. I know you. Where are you? How, why are you kind to me? You know, mm -hmm. what is all of that? And that comes from contentment. That comes from a peace that surpasses all understanding. And so Jesus is trying to share that with his disciples. That's so good. And it leads right into our next point. And honestly, I, you know, <clears throat> if you, you take anything from this show, I, at this point, I think is just powerful. The world bases its peace on resources. Well, God's peace depends on relationship. To be right with God means to enjoy the peace of God. The world depends on personal ability, but Christians depend on spiritual adequacy in Christ. Yeah, it's our time with Jesus. It's our, it's our, you know, I ask people all the time. I said, you know about Jesus. I get it. You've read the Bible. I get it. You go to church. I get it. But does God actually know you? I mean, do you actually know him, Right. Have you spent time? What is he saying to you? How is he talking with you? And, and, and I was, we were just talking this morning. I, we get so busy. I have, <clears throat> it's so hard sometimes to prioritize our days and, and what is God wanting me to do? Does he want me to meet with this person or meet with that person? Or does he want me to be still here? But more importantly, anything else, I can't know that answer if I'm not knowing Jesus. Hmm. 
And, and by me knowing him and spending that time in word and truth and prayer and, and quiet and, and really listening to him and speaking with the Holy Spirit and asking for direction and wisdom and understanding, because the Bible tells us that I can have all of that if I ask. And it's all for his glory. In that moment, I now know what I'm supposed to do. I know what to say no to. I know what to say yes to. And I can do it with peace because I know the author and finisher of mine. And that is what it's saying. <clears throat> and the world is always seeking answers that are outside of that. They're not content. They always got to make more money. They always got to go to the next best thing. They always got to buy the biggest and the greatest. They always got to, they always got to make sense to whatever is happening. They're not, they're, they're wrestling with everything. And Jesus says, in me, all of that is taken care of. All of that, all of your worries, all of your fears, all of your stresses is all taken care of. So in the world, peace is something you wish for or strive for. For the Christian, peace is a magnificent gift from God that is gained through our faith in him. People who are not saved gain peace when there is no conflict or trouble. But Christians, however, experience calm and peace despite the difficulties and challenges because of the Holy Spirit's influence and power in their life. It's a total, that's when, when they said, well, how they're changing the world upside down. Well, yeah, because they do things that are the opposite of what the world does. Hmm. It just makes no sense to people. It's like, how, do you, how are you dealing with this? How are you coping with this? Well, I have peace. I'm content. I'm resting in the Lord. He's dealing with all the hard work. All right. Yeah. Uh, people in the world walk by sight and demand on the externals, but yeah. Christians walk by faith and depend on the eternals. Yep. The Spirit of God teaches us the word and guides us into the truth. He also reminds us what he has taught us so that we can depend on God's word in difficult times in our own lives. Yeah. I mean, verse 27 says the best. It says, the Spirit uses the word. So the word of God, Jesus is the word of God. The Holy Spirit is reminding us of the word of God to bring us peace. So if we're wrestling with something and we just don't get it, well, guess what? Where are you going to find peace? Go to the word of God. But, you know, if, you, if you're going through anxiety or worry or fear right now, type up on the Google search Bible verses of words of encouragement, and then you're going to see a plethora of different verses that are going to help you. But what's even better than that? open up the Bible and start reading the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, read it through the Bible in a year, read everything, study it, meditate it. Because I promise you what will end up happening is you will start finding peace in your heart because the truth of God will always, always bring freedom to your life. So that's it. In John 15, 19, we're going to study this next week. I believe uh, he uses the word, um, to give us his love. Um, so it's not only does he give us peace, he gives us love. 1511, he uses the word joy. So, I mean, when you have the peace of God, you have joy. And it's like, you don't understand it, but you just know it's going to be okay. Hmm. And, and it's, you know, it's really weird. And, and the reason why I can say that with boldness today is because I've trusted God for so long in my life. He has never left me. Always He's faithful. always faithful. And, and, I, and I can testify to the, to the a thousand million times that he's, he's showed up and I have joy because I know that his word is true. And if you don't know him, you don't have that relationship with him. You don't have that peace. You don't have that joy. So Jesus is constantly telling him, don't let your hearts be troubled. You don't need to worry about it. I'm going to take care of all that. All right. 
In verse 28, Jesus is assuring his disciples that they will see him again. He's basically saying, rejoice, because I am returning to the Father. They're like, why should we rejoice again? I know. Like, well, you're leaving and you want us to rejoice? It's got to be so confusing. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make sense in the moment. But Jesus is trying to explain it to him. He says, because uh, his return made their way possible to the Father in heaven, it has given them the gift of the Holy Spirit as a helper. So because Jesus is going to the Father, now he can send the helper. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we have the Spirit within us. The Savior is now above us and his word before us. That's, you know, that it all leads to peace. You know, I was, I, when I, when I saw this, I was thinking of this chapter in Habakkuk reading this the other day. In what? Say that again. Habakkuk. <laughs> um, when you know God deeply, you know, you know his heart. So I wrote this and it says, even when Habakkuk was anticipating complete destruction by the Babylonians, he still had peace. And I wrote, I read, I'm going to read you what I, what he wrote. And it just really, really spoke to my heart. Um, Habakkuk three seventeen through 19. He says, though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of, of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer. He makes me tread on high places. And, and the context of him saying that is like all hell's breaking loose. He knows the end is near. He knows that complete destruction is happening. He has no idea how he's going to get out of this. He has no idea what the next step is, but he knows his God. But God. He knows him. And if you know Jesus, he's, he's your shield. He's your guide. When, you're, when it's dark, he's everything that you could possibly think of. It's all hope is in him. And if you know him, you know his character will never fail. You know the person. You know he's gentle. You know he's kind. You know that he loves you beyond anything. And because of that, no matter what happens in this world, you're okay. It's okay. No. All right. In, in verses 30 and 31, Jesus named two of, uh, two of our great spiritual enemies. First, the world and the devil. Jesus overcame the world and the devil, and the devil has no claim on him. Yeah, since um, we are in Christ, Satan cannot get a foothold in our lives. And I'm going to explain this a little bit, but unless we allow him to. So neither Satan nor the world can trouble our hearts if we are yielded to the peace of God through the Holy Spirit. We must accept the finished work of Christ and then live by it. So let me let me kind of give some context here. Okay. so. And so God is pursuing the world after the fall. We know that Adam and Eve, he's pursuing them. He's trying to have a relationship with them. We understand what happened. They, they rebelled again. And Jesus, God is like, all right, enough with this. He sends Noah. Noah builds the ark, floods the earth, starts all over again, right? Fast forward. Now we're in Genesis 11. In Genesis 11, the world is doing the bad stuff again. They're, they're going right back to their old ways. They're building the Tower of Babel. Um, they're doing all of that. And, and God comes down, it says in Genesis 11, he comes down, he looks him, he asks them, what are you guys doing? He's like, okay, this isn't healthy. It's the same old, same old. And so he says, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confuse their language and I'm going to spread them out. So if you really look at history and all of humanity, it all starts right here at the Tower of Babel. You start seeing China's, 
you know, lineage, you start seeing Egyptians, you start seeing everybody starts right at the Tower of Babel, because that's when all the languages are confused, they started their own identity. And so he did that. So then you fast forward. And so he in in Deuteronomy 32, 8, 9, uh, Moses writes this amazing song, right? They call it the song of Moses. In, in, in Deuteronomy 32, 8, and 8, what he says is that is that God at that time in Genesis 11, he turned the world basically over to Satan. He gave them their inheritance. He, he, he basically says, I am done with them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pursue them any longer. I'm done. They've, they're making their own bed. They're making their own decisions. The God of this world, as Paul said, that Satan is the God of this world is now in charge and control. Okay. Um, and then in Genesis 12, the very next chapter, he says, and then he called a man named Abram, right? And he says, I'm going to make him a, a, a man of many nations. And I'm going to be, he's going to be, they're going to, I'm going to make a people group out of them, you know, and I'm going to build a, a nation from him, from his seed, right? And so again, God is saying, okay, so through Abraham, I'm going to make everything right. But as of right now, the world is Satan's. And so that's, that's, this is what's being said. That's why Jesus is saying the two things he's dealing with is the world and Satan. Okay. So when Jesus comes back, the only way to defeat Satan is that it has to be a perfect holy sacrifice because remember, why did they get kicked out of Adam and Eve out of, out of the garden is because of sin, right? God has no place with sin. And so the only way to get back into the garden of Eden, there has to be holiness. There has to be perfection. And there's nobody on earth has ever done that. So he sent his own son to live the life that we were always supposed to live from the beginning, but not just live it like we were supposed to with Adam and even fellowship with the, with, with the father, but to live in the elements that we live with, to live with the pain, the aches, the heartache, the world's deceit, the anger, the, the everything. He had to go through everything that we have to go through, the backstabbing, the, the lying, the cheating, and still live holy to still live on this earth and fellowship and oneness with the father. And so Jesus came and he did that. And so because of that, he then was able to have back access into the throne room of God. He was able to, he came as fully human to do it, to live like us so we can relate to them. We can understand it. He relates to us. We understand it. But at the same time, he now, because of his spilt blood, he was, he, 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 he died on the cross. He, his, his, the man was crucified, right? But the spirit then rose again on the third day. Jesus rose again on the third day. But when, what happened was Satan, when Jesus died, was like, yeah, I won. Right. I defeated it. It's no longer has it. But when he rose again on the third day, he basically said, I am now, you, I'm now claiming all the world again. You no longer have authority of that. And now I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit, instead of having to come to the temple and come to Israel again, I am now going to allow the Holy Spirit to go into all the world and take back land. I'm going to bring the kingdom of God everywhere. And then that's what he said in Acts 1.8 when Jesus was ascending into heaven. He told him, now I want you to take the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is manifesting in you. And I, now I want you to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to ends of the world. That's what happened. That's what Jesus is telling them. So they understood this context of Deuteronomy 32. They knew the Song of Moses. They knew all of this happening. So we're now learning it, and now we're seeing the context of what Jesus is actually sharing. So I hope that helps people to see Man, that. It's just, Pete, that was amazing. <clears throat> That's why it's so important to, 
when you're reading the Bible to, to know the context. People are like, well, I'm a New Testament guy. I don't really read the Old Testament. And you've got to know what, I mean, that alone, you took two verses and just talked for five minutes, giving a background on it. And that's just phenomenal. But you need to know the background to understand what he's really trying to say. If we really, so good. if we want to understand the gospels or any of the epistles, Paul, James, Peter, um, who else wrote them? Yeah. If we, and John, if we ever wanted to understand it, we have to know the old Testament in context because everything that they write, they're writing as they were, they're, they're answering the old Testament thoughts, right? So it's all that culture. That's everything. So if we don't understand the old Testament, we don't understand the significance of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Now we get it. They understood that. They knew the song of Moses. They understood all of that took place, that he turned the backs of the world, he gave them over to their inheritance, and that he gave the inheritance to, to the Israelites. But now Jesus is saying to his disciples, we're, we're now, I'm, I'm done with that old school way. Hmm. Now this is the church. Now the church is going to be for the worldwide. So now Abraham's prophet uh you know what he the covenant that god made with abraham is now being fulfilled because of jesus that doesn't happen without jesus now jesus says now as the, the people are going to be saved because it he told abraham the gentiles will be saved but he didn't make sense but now jesus is now making it make sense so we have to understand the old testament to understand significantly what jesus is telling us oh good In verse 28 jesus said my father is greater than i you know, he was not denying his own deity or equality with God, for then he would have been contradicting himself earlier. Um, when Jesus was here on earth, he was necessarily limited by having a human body. So there is a reference to that fact. Yeah. So he's not, he's not downplaying that he's God. He just has limitations because he's living in a, in a physical body. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, because, I mean, if, if anybody doesn't know Jesus or don't know God personally, and you hear this statement, my father is greater than I, you're like, what in the world are you talking about? I thought you guys were one. I thought you were, you were all the same. Yeah, I mean, you just right? said that a couple of verses ago. So it's like, you know, it's Satan immediately would take this verse and is going to attack the critics, right? They're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, this is it, you know, this is. You know, I don't know the the more the, the Muslims will say, you know what, you're right. This is, you know, he was saying right here that he's not God, right? right. So because we don't we believe that he's a prophet, but we don't believe he's God, you know. And so it's it's they constantly do that. But Jesus, you got to understand, voluntarily laid aside the independent exercise of his divine attributes and submitted himself to the Father. He became fully man. He is not God in that point. He's not. He's, he became fully banned. And in that sense, the father was greater than the son. Okay, we got to get that in context. Of course, when the son returned to heaven, all he had laid aside was restored once again. And we see that in John 17, 1 and John 17, 5. Do you have those? You want to read those? Um, I can, I can pull I got them up. Them. You got them? Yeah. So John 17, 1 says, when, when um, Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Okay, so that glorification means that he's going to become divine. Mm -hmm. Got it? Yep. Okay, the next one, verse five, he says, and now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world ever existed. Mm -hmm. There it is. There's the context. And so people that are reading this and not seeing the context, they're like, oh my gosh, what is that saying? Keep reading. No, the Bible people. 
know the father know it there's no contradictions in the bible i'm telling you read it in context so good all right one more jesus showed his love for the father and the world by voluntarily going to the cross he did not hide or flee and i'd like to add there he didn't call a a legion of angels you were talking earlier about how one angel could wipe out two. i mean he had at his disposal but he didn't do it he was he willingly laid down his life. He and the disciples may have left the upper room at this point. So when Jesus said from that point on was spoken on the way to the garden. You know, the last thing he says there is rise. Let us go from here. Yeah. He's basically saying, come on, guys, let's go for a walk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can easily imagine the allegory of the vine being given at this as they walk at night. So we know John 15, five, I mean, John 15. Um, so that's kind of the context here, but his own perfect peace assures us that he alone can give us peace. So Jesus has peace and he's going to be killed. I mean, it's mind boggling, right? So he's like you said, all right, guys, we're, we're not done, but he, but he, he did show a little bit of that stress in the, in the garden because, you know, remember he asked his disciples, we're going to get into this a little bit. He asked his disciples to pray. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, pleading with the father, take this cup from me, right? Do I have to do that? And, and he taught us in that very moment that even in the midst of that, we still are obedient to the Lord. Even when it's, even when we're, it, the, the intensity of the world is so intense that we're sweating blood, um, we could still rest and have peace. And so Jesus he was able to be calm. He was like uh, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, man. They would, they, the, you know, the, the, the game is on the road line and, and the pressure was at a highest level and they just came through. And he's a goat. And they were both the both. He was the greatest of goat. Right. The and, greatest of goats. But we too can have that. I'm telling you, we can be in a fire. We can go to a board meeting and have the peace of God and, and all of it can be against you. All the world can be against you. Things are going to be happening against you and you can have peace. And people will look at you and say, how are you so calm? Why well, surrender to the Lord? I gave it to him. I just, I just, all I can do is all I can do. I can't do any more than I can do. I spent time with the father this morning. I prayed, I surrendered to the father. I talked with the father. I gave him all of my heart. I shared with him. He showed me that he loves me. He told me that he'll never leave me, forsake me. He told me that he was going to take care of me. He told me he was going to get me through the day. And I believed him. I'm content with that. I rest with that. I have peace in that. So this board meeting really meant nothing that other than that I was going to do the best I can. And whatever happens, I know my God's in charge. And that board meeting got you worked up. And that's the whole point of it is that <laughs> Romans 8.28 comes to light because Amen. all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. If you're sitting here listening to this and you've had a lot of board meetings where you've failed and if and they've and they haven't been that good, listen, you can have a good board meeting next time. And you can give your life to Jesus right now. And you could surrender your life to him. And you can just continue, just confess in your heart that you're a sinner. And you could just say, you know what? I've done it my way too long. I've tried to fix this. I can't do it anymore. And as Jesus was reminding his disciples, you don't have to do it anymore. I can do it for you. I will send you the Holy Spirit right now. I will have him live inside of you at this very moment and take ownership of your life. And I will lead you never astray. I will always lead you to me and I will always give you peace. I will always bring you joy. I will always bring you the, 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 the things that are necessary for you to survive and to live in this world at the highest level possible.
and that you can have that today. And all you got to do is just, just humble yourself right now, close your eyes and just say, God, I ask that you would come into my heart. I, I ask you, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I turn from my wicked ways. I turn from doing things the way that I've done it before. And I now choose to live in obedience with you. And I, and I believe, God, that you are God. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. I believe that your blood is what cleanses all of my sins. And I believe that in my heart. And I accept that as truth. And I, and I, and I turn my life over to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and I know that the Bible says that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing and they're clapping with you. And, 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 and the Bible also tells us to go tell somebody. So if God is moving in your heart, go tell your mom, your dad, your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your coworkers, go to your board meeting and tell them that you just gave your life to Jesus and that you have peace today. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm telling you, there's a transformation that's going to happen. Bob, Amen. how can we hear about that? Tell us too. Go, yeah. go to our website, theriotpodcast.com. And uh, check out the tab that says No God. There's lots of information there, um, kind of help you walk you through the, the process and uh, man, get you some just some tools to, to move forward in your walk with, with the Lord. And I would ask that you reach out to us and let us know. We would love to celebrate with you. You can do that many different ways. You can, you can do it from the website. You can go to our social media sites on Facebook or, or uh, Twitter and, uh, and even YouTube. And it's all the Riot Podcast, easy to find. And then... Last thing I would ask is, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, um, just share it with somebody, you know, make sure you subscribe, which, you know, there's, you may, you may have just stumbled on this and this is the first time you've heard it. Um, make sure you subscribe. So you get notified of the, of the new episodes every Thursday when they come out. And uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, well, first of all, hello, and uh, it's good to see you. And, uh, you know, make sure you hit that little bell, subscribe, and, and like the video. It really helps us get it, uh, get the videos out to more people by doing that. We really, really appreciate it. And we would love to hear from you. So you can comment in the comments section of any of those, any of those places, and you know, we'll, you'll be surprised. We'll respond. We'll get back to you. We love hearing comments from our listeners. So Pete, this has been an amazing show. Shalom. Yeah. And don't forget March 19th. Yeah. So just go to the website, sign up for the meeting. There's no obligation, just information. And uh, man, just a great way to find out if this trip is something that you think that you yeah. should go on or your family should go on, or maybe you just know somebody else. I promise you, this will be a trip of a lifetime. Yeah. You will never, ever forget this. Yep. May God bless you. May he be with you and may his face shine upon you this week. Just walk closely with him. I'm telling you, that's your answer to everything. Have a good week. Take care, guys. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.